0: Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the CXR podcast. I am Chris White, president of CXR. I have with me today, J.D., uh, Jonathan Dale, who is actually a uh, VP of Marketing uh, at Phenom, and I'm making sure I don't get any of my, any of my bullets wrong, uh, who's going to join him. We're going to have a conversation, but what's, what's thrown me for a loop is that we have a special guest joining JD today, who's normally sitting in the peanut gallery. You know him and you love him. It's Jerry Crispin. Jerry, how are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Life is good.
0: <laughs> JD, how are you? Thanks for joining. Yeah,
2: I appreciate the invite. It's great to be here with everyone. Thanks.
0: Good stuff. So, J.D., before we jump in, uh, share a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what you do at Phenom, and maybe a little bit about how long you've been in there, and and, what you, and I'm going to throw another one at you, what you love about the space.
2: Yeah, okay. First, thank you very much. I, let's start with what we love about the space. I spent 18 years in IT and security space, going from answering telephones on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, weekend shifts, to moving into product management, then product marketing, then marketing. So I've had a great pleasure of learning the IT buyers. Um, And then three years ago, I transitioned to the HR space. And I'll say this, I thought the buyer and and the user of IT security products were difficult to talk to as a marketer they're nothing compared to the HR industry and <laughs> HR, nothing compared to them. This is so difficult of an industry.
0: I didn't expect above. that. I really thought you were gonna go the other way with that.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. But, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny here. My interactions previous to HR is anytime there's a problem with employees or something, right? it's like, okay, HR has to get involved. Um, Cause I, I was at a 400 person company that was acquired by a 400,000 person company So my experience with HR was pretty limited. Um, I've come to really appreciate and love this industry. And I've come to appreciate the different roles within the HR community, whether it's the recruiters or the sourcers or talent marketers, all the way into the the talent management folks, because I realized what HR means within an organization. And so I did not have that perspective three years ago. Thank God I have it now.
0: So Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a shift because you were... um... You were, you were big. You were the uh, IBM before, right? Prior to Phenom? That's correct. Yes, I, I was. And how long have you been at Phenom now?
2: I've been at Phenom uh, just over three years. So it's been okay. a, a pretty good run. Uh, I do get the pleasure. I, and I say this seriously, I get the pleasure of, you know, kind of running the marketing team here. But uh, I, I think as most leaders admit to, I don't really do much other than get on calls and waste people's time. And everyone else on the team actually does the magic. Um, So I look at my role as um, helping kind of anticipate and help us get where we need to get to, um, wear the thick skin when we need to wear the thick skin and and shelter the team, although I don't shelter up my team at all, um, but really enable them to do it. That's good. So that
0: one's a little bit of like, uh, you're not not necessarily in the honeymoon phase anymore for the space. You're kind of no longer are you a shiny penny, like you've been doing this a little while
1: usually say to folks who who come into the the space, you know, welcome. It's it's a lifelong study, <laughs> um, yeah. and and yeah, because the the the
2: variation in our space, I think, is beyond the variation in many other spaces. It's a variation of people, roles, um, you know, what they have to perform, and even budgets. Right. The, the budgeting world in the HR side of the house is much different than, say, if you were in security and compliance, where you could pretty much keep writing checks because you could put it under, this is for security, this is for compliance. In HR, you have to really plan. That's what I'm seeing. You have to plan. You have to really be visionary. Well, the we have HR- of silos, J.D. I mean, yeah. the,
1: the fact is there are, there are many, many TA leaders who don't believe they're in human resources for sure um and and if given the choice would move outside of it except except human resources defines itself by saying we
0: hire from a budget standpoint too don't don't forget the opm standpoint right like you've got you got to be down with other people's money and internally where they go literally door to door with their hat you know their hat out begging for money to help make the hires happen i'll tell you what when when
2: you're defined as hey we make the hire yeah right now hiring is critical hasn't it always been critical for the past 30 years? And then you want to talk, oh my gosh, we have to retain people. Hasn't that been the requirement for the last 30 years and the importance? like I think the microscope is coming down because of the pandemic we've just been through and the the different now challenges. We we talk about as in the societal shifts Mm -hmm. and also the technological shifts. And it's not that they didn't exist before COVID, but it's certainly now been accelerated and I think it's cool when you hear people say that the HR organization within a company is really the heroes of the champions. And when you look at it that way, it feels pretty good to be in this industry. That's great. great. Yes. How did you?
1: So, so we were going to talk a little bit about HR tech. Yes. Because that was this is the first in-person meeting for me in you know two years almost. So it was an extraordinary experience. And you spent a
2: lot of time on the floor out there talking to a lot of folk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, so if you're looking for a hot take, right? My hot take on HR tech right now, um, I would say our expectations going into it as a vendor, right? Our expectations going into it was, let's not go crazy. Let's not send 80 or 90 people that we ha- would have traditionally sent. Let's scale it back. And we did, but we still probably sent 40 people. Like our scale back was still probably 40 people. Not small. Not not small at all. And I'll tell you what, um, we had just enough. We had just enough people to handle all of the conversations. So although foot traffic was lighter, the quality of conversations with people, the energy, if you were on the show floor was high, very quality folks that attended. I mean, we had a blast this year. We thought it was great. And I think it's indicative of the great times that are gonna continue coming from HR tech perspective.
0: Yeah, I think HR tech did a really, really nice job uh, of caring for everybody's uh, uh, safety and peace of mind. Uh, I think they used the clear app for those who didn't go, they used the clear app so you had to validate that you had in fact been vaccinated. Uh, You had to have everything on, you had to have the lanyard on all the time, which is pretty typical, but you also had to have your mask on and there were some people walking around Uh, sort of securing that. I think they did a really nice job. Uh, But I think, you know, also to to your point, this is the first time we've been anywhere since really the the big lockdown. Uh, And I think the question gets asked about what's going to be next. So, J.D., you're talking about what's ahead. And Jerry and I have talked about this now for a week because we're wondering, do we just return to the same conference formats that we have been so familiar with and that have just been kind of the go-to, rinse and repeat. Is that gonna, is that just gonna come right back? Or do we think there's gonna be something different that HR Tech is gonna have to do? Our conference is gonna have to think differently about engagement, differently about audiences, differently about what they charge for attendance, for space, for speakers, and all of that. You have do you have any insights sort of on that or where that's at?
2: I'll give you my insights. I, I'd love, Jerry, if you want to, you do you want to take a first crack at this one and I'll, I'll jump on? No, that's okay. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's what I think. I think if you look at kind of the, the, we call it like the last nuclear winter and the financial meltdown from years past, yep. events, events just before that time period were awesome. In all industries, events were a really big thing. And that hit and you had two like year or two down years of events. It took two or three years after that for, for event companies and event organizations to fully recover. Um, and then we had another amazing run of events. You can tell I love physical events. Why? Because you get to connect with people, form relationships, have conversations in person. It is a great excuse to get out and about and actually meet people and have dinners and, and socialize it. It brings people don't realize this. It brings an entire industry of professionals together, connecting on the same thing. There is something special and meaningful about that. It is not just about me or you or you. It's about our industry. I think it'll probably take HR tech another two years to get back to where it was. And quite frankly, it might go well beyond where it was. And those numbers may actually start growing from an HR tech conference once again. But I think it'll probably take Two more years to get us there. I'm optimistic about that. But Phenom will definitely be along for the ride uh, and is excited about it. That's my take.
1: I think I think it's a great take. Uh, I do think there's a there is a fundamental um, underpinning to how community forms that involves breaking bread and and you can you can define that in a variety of ways. It may be you know more of an intimate conversation that you could have on a trade floor if you've got the right people the right space the right setup et cetera uh more often it it's it's what happens <laughs> later in the afternoon or evening uh when when people get together and do a uh, do it in fact break bread and so you know a number of the dinners that I go to um and the dinners that we, we do uh, for, our, for our members uh, really are a critical and I think fundamental way that, that you start to build community. The question is, what do you do in between these meetings as well that fosters um, the development of that, of that initial effort to build a community and how you act and behave in between and how you build touch points, I think is going to be critical. I'm convinced we're not using all of the tools well enough to really to really understand how to not, not only start community in in person ways but also to build and enhance that um, over over time and And I think that lots of the vendors try to build build it through doing webinars and a variety of other things and I think we're gonna see much more creative ways uh, to develop relationships long-term. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that that's going to be a fundamental part of how we, how we develop that. And I don't know if the conferences will figure out how to do that. Sherm, for example, has over 500 supports, over 500 local chapters. Now, a lot of people say, oh, okay, that's cool. But they've been doing it for a lot of years. It's another reason why they got three hundred thousand members. Um, they 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 understand the formula for how you how you develop connections that lead to twenty some odd thousand people coming to a conference, or at least used to. It was a much smaller conference this year, and so I, I think there's going to have to be, as we come back, a deeper thinking about
2: what relationships are, what community is, um, and and how that comes together. Yeah, I wanna jump in and talk about community for a second here, Jerry. Some of the things you're touching on, uh, I think make total sense. And I wanna give you an example from the show. I got a bunch of show examples, right? So we're at HR Tech and, and another vendor came into our booth and introduced themselves to me. And they said, oh, we're marketing for X, for X company. And I said, oh, that's awesome. How are you? You're growing, I, we hear about you. And they're looking at me funny and I can sense like, well, I'm I'm not sure what I'm sensing, but this is odd. And they're like, well, you're the only vendor we're talking because I asked what's going on. They said, you're the only vendor that we're talking to that's actually talking to us like uh, like we're okay people. I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, everyone that we come to the booth because they're marketers coming to other people's booth, they go, they're treating us like they're com- we're competitors and it's, they're not talking to us as people. And I said, well, that's odd and, and it's a bummer because you're a marketer and I'm a marketer, we're a community of marketers. And, and I don't care if you're a competitor, I don't care if I've never heard of you before, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you're coming to say hi, I'm treating you as a person, it's a small world. It's a small world who's a competitor today, is a friend tomorrow, who's who's good talent today in another company could be working for you, I could be working for them. But it goes to your concept of how are we building people, relationships and community? And we, we, I think as humans, haven't figured this out yet completely, but if we just step back and realize we are really in this together and life, life may not be this big competition. Yeah, sometimes in the trenches, I don't like certain brands as a marketer, but at the end of the day, they're people. And we should stay connected because it's such a small world. And event companies, you know maybe there's a way they can tap into some of the this human side to break down the barriers of um just your competition or your friends. It's, it's not always black and white. not an easy issue. Um, I, I do like your attitude
1: uh, because I think that's one of the things that we that we focus in on. So, I mean, we have members. Who are competitors in the same, in the really in the same uh, industry, et cetera, who are very comfortable talking to each other mm-hmm. and sharing what is not private, uh, what is you know not proprietary. The fact is, we conflate what is proprietary in so many different ways that we we struggle in talking to people as people um, about what it is that could lift all of us. And I think that's the difference that I see in an attitude of those who are focused in on community versus those who just have a job. Um, Those in community recognize there's something bigger than all of us and all of our our businesses in how we contribute to the space that we're in long-term. And I think that's the satisfaction that you have in a career rather than in a job in which you are putting food on a table. And if we can elevate, People beyond uh, beyond simply the satisfying that food on the table, uh, we get to a point where I think we can all uh, all agree we're building community.
0: I think you've got though you're talking about from a from a tech st- from the conference standpoint. HR Tech was um, half the conference it used to be, and I don't mean half the conference. It seemed to me I don't mean half the conference in terms of attendance. I don't mean half the conference in terms of, um, you know, necessarily the number of people there or half the quality. I mean, this was literally the buyers outnumbered the sellers. But it was, it was incredible because most of the conversation, Jay, to your point, people coming by were not necessarily the folks you would typically be doing a demo for. You were talking to colleagues more than you were talking to potential buyers or or business partners like that. So I didn't hear... I heard a lot of people saying what you're saying, JD. I didn't hear anybody saying, oh my God, I missed the huge crowds. Oh my God, I wish it were more crowded. Or I wish, I wish I could barely get through the sales floor, the demo floor. And I wish I could wait in more lines for a demo. Or I didn't hear any of that. Uh, What I heard was I felt way more productive. I felt like I was way more engaged. uh, And I met more, more of my colleagues, more of my industry folks. So to me, if I'm HR tech, I'm thinking successful conference, different, very different. I uh, would would I've liked more buyers there. Of course I would, but there's an element somewhere in there that says, "Hmm, we might be onto something here," uh, and it might be time for us to take another look. And I don't think I don't think HR tech is alone. I think to Jerry's point, Sherm has done a very interesting do- interesting job in these sort of uh, localized chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're still connecting and helping. Because the folks that we talk to that are still members of SHRM are finding the majority of their value in those local chapters uh, where they're connecting. So I would I would echo, J.D., what you said. Uh, but I, I'll also throw in that when we talked to our leaders about whether or not they were going, there was no appetite to go. And a mixture of that, predominantly, right, but primarily because of the pandemic, but there was a larger percentage of a lack of interest. I think in necessarily attending as a buyer than I think I have seen in the previous years. Now, will they go when we're when the pandemic? God help us! When the pandemic is behind us and we get back to normal, will the practitioners you know flood back to this conference? I don't know. Uh, will the appetite be a little different? I don't know. But I think there's an opportunity for everybody who's who's in the conference business to say it could be time for a nice pivot. Uh, that leans in a little bit on the community aspect or leans in a little bit on the difference between the buyer and, and necessarily the service provider. Two quick
2: comments on that one. The first comment is I was sharing with someone else on a, on a previous discussion that it was very nice that no one had to walk through the expo hall and say, excuse me, sorry, excuse me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> you, none of this going on in the
2: hall. None of the, right, none of the bumping into people. So that actually, that felt good in, in a positive way. Um, I will comment, though, is even, even as we as a marketer look to pivot on our strategies, you know, with the digital fatigue that everyone is having uh, with, with virtual events and in virtual meetings. We're still doing them, by the way, because there's value to the folks who we're communicating with. Yeah. Um, but but we will even shift focus. We run our own physical events. It's called I am Phenom. And so we did our last one right butt up against when the pandemic hit. We skipped and now it's like, when are we doing it again? So we'll have appetite. We're gonna do one in April of 2022, but we're also planning to take the lead of the industry in what you're getting at and what Sherm has done very well, which is for folks who aren't yet ready to take the commitment of flying and moving to a very large event, you have to get to them in their cities, more local. You don't have to be perfectly local. I think you have to get more local. And you'll get some of the community aspect a little better. And it's getting peers that are, say, in the New York and Philly area, you know, coming together because maybe they'll take the train or they'll drive an hour and a half, right? And, and they'll be, want to be part of something because it's easier than thinking a week out of the office on airplanes in airports. Yeah, not every company has the appetite. Um, not everyone has, has the travel budgets back. Like there's a lot of complexity there. And of course, let's not forget. You know, people are still dying of COVID. So there's a factor that COVID is still here, it is still real, and it's still a problem. Until that resolves itself and we figure out what we're doing um, and what our comfort levels are. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to keep trying different approaches. I like the community approach Sherm has taken. I think they are doing it well. Good
0: stuff. JD, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you jumping on the show. Uh, and anybody else who is still listening, we hope that we will see you at our upcoming book club. I'm not going to tell you what the new book is, but hopefully you'll head out to the website and you can take a look. We'll surprise you with that. Uh, but we're awfully anxious to get that going and uh, see as many folks on there as possible. So JD, thanks again, Jerry. I'm glad you unmuted your mic today. It's nice to have you on the show.